Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Pack filler. Pack filler. I'm Pat Bolger. I'm Mark Hudson. Pack filler. Welcome to another episode of the Pack Filler Podcast, home to every bad or dumbass who's ever straddled a top tube. You can be a part of the show on Facebook, Twitter. Or dumb old email at info at packfiller.com. Listen while working, training, or just sitting and sipping a cold one. And now your hosts, Pat Bulger and Mark Hobson. All right, I have no poem this week. My brain just won't work. My lack of racing and training has me feeling like a jerk. Mark's not here to utter his pack filler call. Hey, did you hear Lance has only one ball? Boy, that was really terrible. That was that was downright offensive, wasn't it? God, I'm such a douche. In the packfiller.com studios, I am Pat Bulger. Yeah, I'm all by myself again. So I'm trying to fulfill that promise of more shows. The comments have been coming, and I'm hearing you guys out there saying that you wanted more shows. I'm not sure why. Apparently, during this time of season, people have a lot of free time. And... Uh, Apparently want to abuse it by listening to our voices. Uh, Mark's not here. Mark's a busy guy. I'm not going to lie. He's a busy guy. And, um, you know, I, and thanks for the emails, by the way. Thanks for the input. Keep it coming. Let me know what you're thinking about these ABM all by myself shows. Mark's a bit busy. He doesn't have an in-home studio, so he can't just go inside and suddenly crank this out. And contrary to popular belief, we might look like brothers, but we are not. And uh, Mark does not have access to my house, um, which could possibly be a good thing because... He tends to camp out, you know, like a family of possums. 
we are here. Well, I am here. It's time for another show. We haven't done one in a uh, in a couple weeks, and um, I've been saying that I've been hearing your emails. Who've been saying, "Hey, get off your ass and do one one a week." Um, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying. Sometimes these things just don't work out, okay? Uh, big thanks to the Sufferfest. Go to the link on packfiller.com and uh, get your ass ready for the tour of Sufferlandria, which is coming your way January 25th to February. By the way, there's an R in there, not February. February 2nd. Uh, the Sufferlandrian Tourism Board has even created it a site, Sufferlandria.com. Check that out. It's actually pretty funny. It's pretty cool. Um, what they're doing all over at the, at the Sufferfest is creating this huge identity. Um, T-shirts now being available, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, Dave McQuillan and the gang over at, at, at Sufferfest are doing some awesome stuff. And if you're living in my type of the climate where you're dealing with weather getting more and more non-cycling friendly, unless you're a total Velominati badass uh, it's the time to start grabbing those videos and, and trying to maintain some form of fitness. Um, and this tour of Sufferlandry is a truly horrid event. I, I really recommend that you do not participate in it. Nine days, 11 videos. And uh, if, you've, if you've experienced any of these videos, you know they're pretty tough. And imagine doing 11 in back-to-back days uh, for nine days. So obviously you're doubling up on two of those days. Um, Add it into the mix. Um, it seemed like a good idea at the time is the name of one of his videos. I just purchased this one recently, attempted it. It is a two-hour trainer workout, and it is not letting you down at any given point in time. Two 20-minute hills, I think one 15-minute hill, and um, it's all to Giro d'Italia footage stuff. Really good music, kind of a – it's not dubstep. I'm not going to say it's dubstep because I – I don't like dubstep, and but uh, it's it's a great video. A two-hour workout just shells you, and this is going to be on day two of the tour of Sufferlandria. Beautifully horrid workouts. Um, it's going to be a tough one. Go to our site, packfiller.com, click on the links, and start getting your catalog ready. Um, new this year, what they're going to be doing is involvement with the Davis Finney Foundation. Davis and Connie Carpenter themselves, if you don't know who they are, um, you have not studied your background in road cycling, especially American road cycling. Um, both medalists in the 1984 Olympics, uh, Davis in the team time trial, Connie and the women's road race gold medalist, um, both incredible riders and Great people all the time. Uh, Davis has um, been dealing with effects of Parkinson's disease for a good portion of the last decade, at least. And um, he has this created this Davis Finney Foundation helping out with that. And uh, Tour Sufferlandria participants are being asked to make a small donation, and they've got great amounts of prizes and drawings coming out of this. So if your drawing is not going to be piddle shit compared to some of the stuff you're going to get back from the Tour Sufferlandria. So Connie is actually going to be riding the stages herself, and both of them are going to be commenting on the Facebook page for the Sufferfest. So get involved with that. Pack filler. We ourselves are going to be in the trenches. Daily updates from actual riders. I'm going to want to hear from you. I'm actually participating in this. So if a podcast is saying they're out there talking about it, ask them if they're participating. Say if you are. Do you have a really average host who's suffering along, not a stud cyclist? Well, probably not because you're probably not pack filler. Um, so let, let us know how things are going to be going, how you're making the time and I don't know what buckets you're using to hold the most vomit. So, um, get involved with that, put that on your calendar, get the videos in time. They've got the schedule released out already. And, uh, 
and get involved. It's a great thing. And if I didn't tell you already, I lost six pounds, no, seven pounds in one week last year doing this event. And it wasn't all water weight, which is nice to know because I did feel a little bloated before I began. But um, yeah. Uh, so Sufferfest, been involved with us for a long time. Thanks to those guys for staying, um, helping us with the show. And like I said, go over to our site first, click on that link. It takes you two seconds to, and then you'll be on the Sufferfest, and you can buy your videos and just pretend you came here. Also, uh, th- want to mention um, Road ID. Road ID has uh, been a uh, sponsor of the show for the last, uh, just coming up on a year. So thanks to them. Another link on our site. Click on them. Get identified. I've got mine on right now. It actually says geek on it instead of medical information. It just says I'm a geek. Also, new one. I know. We're growing up in the world. We're big boys and girls now. Big thanks to Glenn Copas and Elephant Bikes. Glenn is a builder of beauty here in Spokane, Washington. Uh, Steel, absolutely awesome bikes. I just purchased two cyclocross bikes from Glenn two weeks ago, and I'm kicking myself for not doing this any sooner. Glenn is a listener to the show, and he told me, he says, you know, hey, I can, you know, I can get you some bikes going. You know, you talk about bikes, so I can help you get some bikes going. So I bought a couple from him, sold a car. Yep, that's right. I sold a car and bought two bikes. That's that's my wife loves me so much for that. <laughs> Last time it was uh, sold a boat, bought one bike. This time I sold a car, bought two bikes, um, two cross bikes, beautiful cycle, steel cyclocross bikes for myself and my fourteen year old boy, and um, uh, great great time. We just, in fact, I am sitting down with my first pint post cyclocross. We just finished. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you the story. We both just finished our second cyclocross race, and um, it was my son's second cyclocross race of his entire life. It was my second cyclocross race in over 20 years. So you can imagine that the story is going to be somewhat interesting. Um, so two weeks ago, here we go. Uh, well, actually before that, I'll take you through the fit process. It contacted Glenn, went over to his house. Uh, worked with him. He, we brought in our current road bikes, which was an interesting process to get us fitted and sized for the new bikes. I mean, custom steel bikes. For those of you who are shaking your head at steel, you you gotta you gotta understand something about this material, folks. It, I know it makes me sound like a retro douchebag, but it's it's such a great ride and it's such a great feel. Um, is it the lightest material in the world? No. But if I were to probably upgrade my wheel set and some components, I'd probably be rivaling some of those weightness, uh, the weightness, some of those weights of some of those other bikes. Um, and I don't think you can beat the feel of steel. Um, I'm glad Mark's not here because he'd probably be, you know, but um, he'd be calling a tram rival Revot. Um, <laughs> busted Mark's balls from afar. Um Great fit process. He set us up with this, some sort of medieval device in the corner of his shop that went really close to my my no talk about places um, where my swimsuit covers and got us all completely dialed in. And that was it. We left. Next thing we know, come back. I think it was two weeks later and two bikes ready to rock. We picked out the color and just awesome. And uh, so it was great. It, uh, it Great to work with Glenn, and uh, so if you have a, have any interest about what this is going on, I'm sure the guy will be able to offer you some insight into why he chooses to work with steel, why he's not flapping carbon over carbon over carbon layers, and what's the what's the desire to stick with this material. I'd love to get him on the show. He says he's mic shy, but we'll see if we can do it too. Uh, we received the bikes on a Saturday. 
And uh, the next day was our first cyclocross race. I, I, had, I had forgotten about the sport of cyclocross. Jackson's first race, mildly kind of not. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was mildly depressing size junior field, but that might simply because we aren't in Seattle. Seattle's that it's a cyclocross mecca over there. Everybody's doing it over there. Uh, Jackson, of course, cruised to his first win in cyclocross. Of course, you know what a great way to start off a, a career and, and thinking about the individual sport. My wife actually commented about the fact that she loved the venue and the style and the environment. What other type of races are you going to go to where you can see the people you're there to to cheer on three, four, five times a lap? Um, and the environment, the people are all having a great time. Although I'm hearing stories about some sort of uh, heckling happening in the in the sport right now, and I didn't get any of it. Um, a lot of cool photo ops. It was a great time. Um, my race, you know, what do you expect for a guy who hasn't raced his bike in 20 years. Good size field. Man, as I said before, not only is this sport for uh, aging white men, but boy, oh boy, the Masters field I was in was huge. I think it was one of the biggest fields I've seen in quite a while, especially um, especially dealing with road bikes. Good size field, really technical, at least to my specs, and a run-up that required what I am convinced was the hiring of a Sherpa. You had to climb this mass wall of dirt and of course, right there at the top, guys with PBRs, you know, little shots, little shot glasses of PBR, which is always an interesting flavor when you're um, when you're trying not to cough up a lung, but you thought, oh, cool, I'll take a little hand up. Oh, that's beer. Ooh, that's beer. Um, I raced unknowingly. I, speaking of beer, um, I raced unknowingly with uh, too much air pressure. I. I like I said, it's been 20 years. I didn't realize that you're trying to go as low as possible on your cross tires. And um, I got my ass kicked on the turns big time. And um, I'll tell you about today's race in a little second here. Didn't crash. It didn't fall into the lake. We came right around this corner. There's just on the edge of this lake. And um, about halfway mark, I noticed that either I was experiencing some sort of growth spurt or my saddle was slipping downwards. Um so I had to obviously stop and crank down my seat post a little bit. You know, brand new bike. I haven't done anything with that kind of stuff. So um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't have a great race. I wasn't in the top 10. I did, however, have a hell of a lot of fun. And I think I had two PBR shots after the run-up. I claim to be a cycling aficionado. I claim to know a lot about the sport. But you know what? I had no, much, I had no idea how much fun cross is. It's, it's a really, really enjoyable event. And what I've been seeing... And you know how I talk about on this show quite a bit about the fact that there are so many learning curves, especially involved with road cycling, that make it kind of a turnoff for a lot of new people to get involved in the sport. Cyclocross does have a learning curve. I raced today, and I got shelled again. I had the air pressure a lot better, but I still got my butt kicked. In the in the technical section, so I'm I'm not I'm, I don't know if it's that I'm not trusting my bike enough, I'm not trusting my skills enough, but man, these guys were flying away from me, and um, I didn't I, I'm not gonna I, I didn't race well today. I I was shelled. I didn't do well at all. I got caught by the the lead guys who now have taken it on themselves, thanks to a soon to be ex friend of mine that when they catch me there the the now new tradition is to to 
has smacked me in the ass and um I'm starting to feel, you know, like those guys in the NFL, you know, like I'm being treated poorly. No, I'm kidding. It's actually pretty funny. They're just like, hey, dude, sorry, Mark told me to do it. Oh, God. It's going to get me going faster, I guess. Um, it was, <laughs> it, it's pretty funny. And they're a great group of people out there. You know, everybody's cheering everybody on. Um, and, you know, it's cowbells everywhere. And uh, since then, um, I've ridden my bike around the area parks with my son. And I've, I'm convinced we might actually like these things more than our mountain bikes. Really? Um, second race, as I said today, um, in and out of an apple and pumpkin and apparent corn farm. Um, I've decided I've, I, I have a serious work on my cornering, but I think the cross season, at least around here ends next weekend. Um, I wish there was more. I do wish there was more. Um, I feel late to the late to the table and it's, it's a good time. Um, I'd love to hear your comments, the cross riders out there, um, what your, experiences are and if i'm not just in a little bit of a euphoria about the positive environment and uh so it's a great time yeah i I recommend it we saw a lot of kids involved not a lot but it got bigger and bigger today's field was better uh jackson unfortunately uh took a wrong turn and went down pretty hard on his ankle and had to withdraw but but he still enjoyed it i think he was he was sad about the fact that he didn't get to finish his last cross race but um you know, I, I think we're hooked. Um, so big thanks to Glenn over at Elephant Bikes for exposing us to something like this. I've never been more happy to sell a collector's car and be able to to put it towards something like this. Um, it's been a good time. Topic for the show today. Um, actually, first of all... Uh, Please let me know what you're thinking of these ABM shows. Um, if Mark can't make it, some of you mentioned you were wanting more shows. You're tired of this gap in between. Uh, let me know if this is an acceptable alternative, just dealing with my voice for the extended amount of time that we record these shows. And nobody's going to fill while I take a sip of beer. That's always difficult. Um, <laughs> it's a post-cross race beer. What are you going to do? Um, so let me know what you're thinking of these. On the last show, I talked about the death of racing. I received a boatload of emails about it, and a lot of them were actually in agreement, especially in terms of that, what I called the wussification of sports, um, color runs, uh, um, things like that, and and why competitive events are dwindling in some numbers, and these color runs and these muddy-buddy things are absolutely blowing the doors off in terms of participants. Is it because of the the fact that we just want to be chased with, with colored powder and that's about it? Um, and I was alerted in one of the emails um, by a listener to an article in VeloNews about a Cat 4 rider um, who's taking testosterone for a medical condition. Low T. It's if you're one of the more consistent participants in the sport, meaning you're an older male. Um, low T is, is something that's that's growing in popularity, <laughs> for lack of a better term. It's and and you've got all these medications. I'm sure you've seen the commercial where, you know, Jesus, the guy's got more warnings, you know, don't let your wife touch it or she'll grow a mustache. Don't let your kids touch it or they'll race in the tour. Don't let um 
you know, anybody does it, wash your hands after using it, all this kind of stuff. And you've got these people who are, reading, who are taking testosterone and they've got reasons why they have to do it. Um, look it up. I'm a WebMD. You can see some of the reasons for it. Um, having to take it because of several symptoms that, that are not positive. So you've got a Cat 4 guy who's never going to see the front of a field. He's, he's, he's a self-admitted pack filler. He didn't use the term. But he's the kind of guy who just wants to get out there and race his bike. But because of this low T, low testosterone, he's, he's taking it as a medication. He is not being granted a therapeutic use exemption, TUE, Therefore, he's being forced to quit competitive cycling. If low testosterone is common enough to warrant these medical treatments, what the hell are we going to do about this? Um, do I have my answers here today? No, Mark's not here to describe all these wonderful uh, solutions here. We've got an issue where I think we joked about it at the cyclocross start line today about, you know, this is the low T group because you've got these masters kind of all categorized together. But you're dealing with that sort of a thing, and I don't know if um, there is any plan of what to do about this. We have become such a drug-sensitive sport, which I guess is a good step in the right direction to try and clear out our pro ranks, and even our amateur ranks. You've got some idiots out there who think they can take EPO and they're going to win a freaking I don't know, like a state championship or something like that. I don't understand that the desire to be able to do that. I mean, I got shelled today and I just had a great time riding my bike. Um, so let me know what you think about that. I'd love to hear some thoughts on how USA cycling is going to potentially deal with an issue such as this. Is that what, you know, I don't know what's the percentage of riders who are dealing with a low testosterone issue. And if they have to take it, you know, they're going to be taking Floyd Landis's red pills so um, that wasn't necessarily the topic of the show, but I did need to mention a, a, a listener email and, and respond to that and see what you guys think about something like that. I mean, is there, are we going to have to test for testosterone? I don't know. Um, my actual topic of the show is dealing with, with the new bikes. As I stated, I just purchased two, two new ones. I mentioned in the past that with now that these two bikes have come into the house, I've mentioned that I might be up for an episode of hoarding buried alive because um, with these two, I will actually have. I'm just pausing for effect. I have 17 complete bikes in this house right now. 17. Three people in the family. I have 17 bikes. I might have a problem. But I want to talk about the actual number of bikes that one person needs. If you're listening to this show, chances are you probably have more than one bike in your house, right? Think about it. Give you a second to think about it while I take another sip. Wipe my nose too. My nose is running. You want to get that on my mic? It'd be gross. You got that number? You know how many there are? Don't say it aloud because people think you're weird talking to yourself. Okay, let's categorize these things, all right? I am primarily a road bike rider, okay? I have a road bike. I'm sure a road racing bike. For those of you who compete, you have a bike that is primarily set up for racing. 
Okay. It's probably your training bike too. You race and train on the same bike unless you're really got a lot of disposable income and you're one of those coffee shop douchebags that just rides to place with your full Trek Madone 10 grand bike ride back home live in your mother's basement you know you're not one of those guys are you no you got your racing bike okay um i have that i have i have a uh lapierre carbon road frame okay road bike that's the bike i race and train on for the road do you do time trials do you have a specific bike built for time trials are you a triathlete Many triathletes have a road bike and a triathlon bike, which is specifically designed for the event. Steeper, steeper, steeper seat tube, um, kind of different angles, obviously far more aerodynamically inclined. Uh, some of you hardcore roadies probably have a time trial bike. Me, I just slap on bars and try to look cool while I'm going really slow. I used to be a good time trialer, but I'm not anymore. I'm really not good anymore. I don't know what's wrong with me. Probably the beer. Uh, so, yeah, that's two, right? Okay, racing bike and training, slash training bike, time trial bike. That's two. What about a tandem? Are you married? I have a tandem. I actually have three tandems. Don't judge. Don't. Don't. I have three tandems because one of them is an actual old cruiser bike, cruiser tandem that I found in an antique store and I had to have. It's really cool. It's a Columbia Schwinn. It's so freaking cool. It's good for like going to the ice cream shop and back, but that's about it. Um, I, and my wife and I bought a tandem right after we married many years ago, and um, we've been riding that like crazy. In fact, we've been to Europe on that tandem. We've done all kinds of stuff on that bike, and then just recently, I purchased another a new tandem, and we haven't sold the old tandem yet. So that's why I have three tandems. If you have not experienced tandem riding, you need to. Trust me. If you are uh, married or if you have a, uh, a personal friend that you spend a lot of time with and who has a toothbrush at your house, um, you, you got to do this. If, if, whether or not they're heavily into cycling or not, this is one of the greatest things to happen to relationships in all time. We call it our marriage counselor. Because think about it. You leave the house. You summit every climb together. You reach the base of every climb. You descend together. Every part of the ride is spent together. Some of you are rolling your eyes, you know, with the gun positioned in your mouth, thinking, why would I do that? Cycling's for me. It it doesn't always have to be on that bike, but it is truly a great thing to do, and it is a great way to get out and ride with your spouse, be it if he or she is a freaking stud on the bike or if he or she is just getting involved Get a good position, position dialed in. Get out on a tandem. Start on short distance rides and build your way up. Because the first couple, I don't care how great of a cyclist you think you are, the first time out on a tandem is going to feel horrible because the two of you have to work together. It's, it, and, and I'm not talking about one person pedaling and not pedaling. I'm talking about working together, how you shift, how you move on the bike, how your shoulders sway. If you're not if you're not in sync with that, the bike won't propel forward properly enough. And by the way, standing getting out of the saddle on a tandem for bold riders, you'd be better off trying to find reverse in an old classic Volkswagen. It's difficult. It's tough. But once you do it, it's it's pretty cool. So okay, 
Racing bike, time trial, tandem. Some of you might just have a racing bike. Some of you might not have a time trial bike. Some of you might not have a tandem. But this is me, okay? I'm talking three. We're at three bikes right now. What happens when you want to pop out with the friends for a trip to the pub? Hmm? Got to have your pub cruiser. Got to have your classic bike. Some of you might call it your fixie single bike. Mine's an old classic cruiser. You got to have your, 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 it's, it's even a shopping bike going to the grocery store, pub cruiser. I call them pub cruisers. Got to have one of those. You're an aficionado. You got to have an old classic one, right? Racing bike, time trial bike, tandem, pub cruiser. Now we're at four. What if you want to race the track? You can't take your fixie douchebag bike on the track. You can't take your road bike on the track. You got to have a track bike. Okay, if you're a true all-around cyclist, you're going to have all these bikes. And so, I'm am I sounding crack, like I'm on crack? I'm t- okay. I 17 bikes. I understand. We're going to see how close to that we can get. Racing bike, time trial, tandem, pub cruiser, track bike. We're at five now. Five, five. Okay. What if you ride to work every day? You one of those commuters? Do you do that? <clears throat> I don't. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. I, I should, but I don't. I just don't. In the mornings, I just don't want to go out on my bike. It's, just, it's cold and raining. And I don't want to go and have to wrap my pant leg like a Mormon missionary. I don't want to do that. So I don't commute. But I should. But that's another bike. That's six, Okay. What if you like to compete in single-speed events? I was at a cross race and saw a, a friend of mine. By the way, congratulations to that friend of mine, Mike Gardner, out in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Uh, just finished opening a new location for Vertical Earth Bicycles. He is not like, paying me or endorsing this podcast in any way, shape, or form, but I was like to see when people are going up in the bike business, especially the local bike shops. Go support your local bike shops. Although we had a show on that one. Uh, he, he competed in single speed cross today. So what if you're a single speeder? What if you're a single speed mountain bike guy? What if you're uh, a fixie douchebag? What if that's your thing? All right. So racing bike, time trial bike, tandem, pub cruiser, track bike, commuter, single speed. We're at seven right now. We're at seven and just in road. All right. What if you compete in cyclocross? I can use my mountain bike. Yeah, I know you can use your mountain bike, but uh, you know what? I'm serious. If you have the ability to get a new bike and if you have cyclocross races in your region, if you are a dyed-in-the-wool cyclist, go out and do a cyclocross race. It's it's hilarious. Um, so what if you want to do that? What if you're into this new gravel type of racing, which is becoming the new trend? Gravel grinding or whatever they may call it. Um, you got to have a bike for that, all right? Yeah, some of you could probably take your road bike and put... Uh, a bigger profile tire on it, but you know what? When you're when you're getting to that area, you're going to need that profile. You're going you're not going to want to do it on your racing bike. You're going to want some specific bike for that type of thing. So now we've got cyclocross, single speed, commuter, track bike, pub cruiser, tandem, time trial, and racing bike. We're at eight bikes, and I'm just talking one person right now. I'm just trying to find support for my addiction, and I want you guys to support me. Mountain bikes. Hey, let's add mountain bikes into the perspective, shall we? Mountain bikes. You got a cross-country bike? Yep. That's what mine is. It is a dual suspension cross-country bike. It is a 26-inch 
um, because I um, I'm not I've not yet gone to make the jump to 29 or 27 and a half or whatever they're talking about it now. But I have my cross country bike. I love my mountain bike. It is it is a great alternative. And I don't think, by the way, we should talk about it in terms of bike bikes. What's types of bikes versus other types of bikes? Roadies can ride mountain. Mountains can ride roadies. Let's just let's just all get along, please. Shall we? Shall we? Okay. However, there's one group that I. What if you're a downhiller? I'm not a downhiller. I've never been a downhiller. Um, but what if you're into that? You're going to want one of those big fat bikes with uh, huge amounts of shocks and suspension on it so you can ride it around it, take it over to the chairlift, have a cigarette on your way up the lift, put out your cigarette butt and ride downhill all day. What if you're into that? I'm not into that, but what if you're into that? You're going to need a bike for it. That's two mountain bikes, right? How about if you're into that whole fat bike thing with the big old fatty, batty, boom tires on it, <clears throat> which looks cool. I don't know if I'm ready to buy that kind of bike, but don't quote me on that. I, um, and the, the fat bike guys all love their stuff, and they love doing it, and uh, I see it in a lot of a lot of different races, especially some of the mountain bike races I've been to. Fat bikes are getting popular. Um, what if you're into that? <clears throat> Going to need a fat bike. So that's three mountain bikes right there. What if you like to ride in the snow? Now, I'm, I know I'm stretching a little bit here. Okay, I know I'm stretching a little bit here. But a snow bike. I do actually have an old steel mountain bike built up that I have built up with studded snow tires. Because I like to ride on January 1st every year. It's kind of my little tradition. And you get out there and you, you ride out in the snow. With these studded tires, it is so much fun. In fact, I want to find road studded snow tires this year and put them on those cross bikes. Uh, it looks, it looks like so much fun, but it is fun to get out there. Even though you're bundled up and you're freezing your ass off and drivers look by, look like look at you while they're driving by, like you're completely methed out, but it's fun. It's great to get out there and ride. Um, so what if you need that bike? Okay. So we're at cross bike, downhill bike, fat bike, snow bike. So now you're at four mountain bikes. I don't know if 29s and 27-inch mountain bikes, 27 and a half, whatever it is, are going to classify as a separate mountain bike. Because in all honesty, if I bought a 29er or a 27 and a half or whatever they're called, I would probably get rid of my cross-country bike. I would replace one with the other. And I'm, the jury's still out on that for me. Although I have had my ass kicked by people on 29ers, and they claim that, dude, last week... I, I, before I bought this bike, I was getting my ass kicked, but now I'm super fast because I bought this 29er. And and I've also been told by other people that have said, do not go, do not test ride a 29er unless you have the money to buy it because you will buy it. And now that everything's switching to 27 and a half furs, although I like 29er, it rolls off the tongue better than 27 and a half furs. <clears throat> but is that going to be the new thing? And um, so it'll be interesting to see about that, but that's another bike. I would almost classify the 29er as your cross country bike because I'm still so retro on my 26 that it's different. But let's, let's say it's a separate bike. Let's say you're absolutely obsessed about owning bikes and you have a separate bike. What if you want to ride your mountain bike on a tandem? I've seen a couple of those bikes. They're actually really cool. 
I announce a 24-hour race um, in May every year, and there's this couple that does the 24-hour solo on a mountain tandem. Yeah, I know I called them marriage counselors before, but now they're just rubbing it in. These people, and they're smiling through the whole freaking thing. I don't know how they're able to do it, but they do it. Mountain tandem. I would love one. I think it would be so much fun. It would be awesome. So, what are we at now? Okay, we had how many at Rhodes? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We had eight potential road bikes that any one person could own, right? Then we add our mountain bikes, cross-country, downhill, fat bike, snow bike. And we'll throw the mountain tandem in there just to justify it, just to make me feel better about myself, right? <clears throat> what are we at? Jesus, I lost count. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Technically, we're at 13 bikes. And this is just one person. So if you were like me, you had three people in the house, that's 39 bikes you're at right now. Well, suddenly my 17 doesn't seem so bad, does it? <laughs> Don't judge me. Don't. Don't. I'm not finished. I am not finished with bikes categories you can own. <clears throat> Apparently my throat is finished. <clears throat> it's all that lactic acid I was coughing up all over the cyclocross field today. Jesus. It hurt, people. It hurt. I wanted to quit about 30 times. When my parents came to watch, you know, that whole thing. They used to drive me around all over the freaking country, you know, and back when I was fast and full of support. Now I'm just sucking on their Am I airing out my grievances? No, it was no, they did come out to see me and it was really cool, but um I didn't I didn't quit because because you don't quit. It's a forty five minute race. Just keep going until they lap you. Smack in your ass. Okay, I'm not finished with my categories. What about your keepers? You ones you really want to hold on to. The one that you actually placed at Nationals on. Um, I have my old Davidson steel road bike from the 1980s. Davidson um, Impulse built up with Campy Super Record. Simplex Shifters. It's a work of art. My kid wants it when he goes to college, but I don't know if I can. I, I still have. No, I don't. But I, what if you want to keep those bikes? Classic bikes, retro bikes. What if you're into the banana seat Schwinn Stingray that you saw as a kid that you had that you pedaled around with on your PF Flyers or your Converse Low Tops and you felt really cool on? It's the best freedom you ever had. I've always wanted a Schwinn Varsity, to be honest. I thought I, I, I would love to find an old classic gold flake sting, uh, Schwinn Varsity. I, I would with one of those generator lights on the side of it. You know what I'm talking about? Little thing, go faster, like it's brighter. Freaking cool bikes! I saw one of those at a pub the other day, and I was going, man, it had a for sale sign on it too, and I couldn't bring myself to do it, but I should have. Wife would have kicked me out. What if you're a true classic keeper and you have one of those penny farthings, one of those big front wheels? You know the the. You know, old kind of 1920s kind of a look to it. You know, they got the guy with the knickers on. Oh, I'm going for a ride. And, you know, you hop on that thing. I don't, it'd be cool to own. I don't know if I'd ever ride one. What if you're a unicycle, unicycle guy? I know about some unicycle guys who are into those things. I would love to own a unicycle. I can't ride one, but I'd love to own one. I think it'd be cool to have just to kind of play around with, learn with. I mean, if I could buy it for 
20, 50 bucks or something like that. Yeah, I'd add it. Would you count it in your collection? I would. What if you're a parent and you have one of those um, trailer bikes things, the, you know, the hook onto the seat post? I used to take my kid on single track mountain bike trails with one of those trailer bikes. He would be bouncing all over single track up in uh, Seattle area, up, actually north of Seattle. Anacortes, great riding up there, great single track riding up there. My kid's bouncing around on this thing. I had it hooked up. It was so much fun. It was like having a tandem that you could ride with your kid. So what if you're adding one of those? We are now well in justification of my 17 bikes, people. Basically, I'm just taking an entire podcast episode to feel good about myself and my problem. Well, what if you want to... A blue crack pipe. What if you want a crack pipe that fits in your pocket? What if you want a crack pipe for formal occasions? What if you want to get your lady a crack pipe? You're going to need a lot of crack pipes. I say collect your crack pipes. These are my crack pipes. I have 17 bikes. I have three people in the family. That's five point what? to 5.33 bikes per person. Suddenly, you can all agree with me, right? You can see what's going on here. The Velominati rule. The formula for bikes that one must own is N plus 1, N being the current amount of bicycles you have in your house at a given point in time. Email me, info at packfiller.com. Drop me a Twitter with the hashtag of Packfiller and tell me how many bikes you should have. How many bikes you have? What is your problem? Is it a problem? Where the hell do you put them? My basement looks like a bike shop. I've got old wheels. I can't throw away these. They're Matrix ISOs, man. They got bladed spokes. It's six-speed six speed cog set, man. It's awesome. This is a head disc wheel. I can't throw this away. I'm going to keep this. I'm justifying bike hoarding. This is the bike hoarding show. <clears throat> I have two in the studio right now. No, I have, shit, I have three in the studio right now. I do. I have my road bike. I have my kid's road bike. And then I have my new cross bike in here. I don't know where to put them all. I'm not going to lie. My basement's getting a little chaotic. I also ski in the winter, so we got skis down there. Tell me, where do you put them? How do you store them? What do you do with them? Well, how can you justify to a significant other that you have these bikes and they're coming with you? Don't tell me, woman. I will throw your ass out before you tell me. It was, it, bikes are you? She's sorry to see you go. No, I'm kidding. My wife is actually in full agreement with it. She has several of the bikes herself. Would she like to see several of them gone? Yes. Would she have liked to have had me, um, I don't know, pay off a little of my student loans with the proceeds from that car instead of buying two cross bikes? Yeah, she probably would. But she also understands that she married a person with a mild addiction, and it's at least it's a healthy addiction. Although those penny farthings are really cool. I'm not going fixy, at least. Tell me about your bikes. Tell me how many bikes you have. Tell me how many bikes a person should have and go from there. All right? 
That was my topic for the day. Mark's not here. I've told you that. You guys all know that Mark and I are, are the Pack Filler Podcast. I want to hear about Mark's trip to Hong Kong when he gets back. But you know we always end a show with a rant. Mark Sable has the incredible ability to uh, basically just make up a rant on the go. The guy's a lawyer. It's what he does. I, uh, however, need to script mine out. And so I did. I'm ranting. I'm going to be the rant this episode. All right? And I want to talk about the best quote I have heard in a long time. There's nothing necessarily, uh, you know, it didn't come from Gandhi. It didn't come from any entirely overly philosophical leaders of the known universe. Although I bet he'd probably say he did. This past summer, I raced a cret. It was a good race. It was a lot of fun. Um, not great spectators, but that's a whole nother show entirely. I attacked a few times. had uh, fun finishing simply as pack filler. Uh, there was a break. Got away. Um, and, uh, you know, I basically realized the break had succeeded and it got away. I was there with just one teammate. And so I decided to kind of take a huge pull at the final race just to at least try and get it close. Let somebody else go fast. But during that race, I heard somebody whining about something happening during the race. You know what those are. If you're a roadie, you know what happens in the middle of a race. Somebody tends to shout at another person. Something happens like that. I heard somebody whining about it. Somebody probably not holding their line, swerving, or some douchey move to get a specific draft. By the way, before I continue, by the way, pointing to the wheel you want to draft does not automatically make me move from my current position. I do not know when this tendency came into the sport. I don't know if it's just in some of the lower categories. See, I used to be a Cat 2, but I downgraded to a Cat 4 because I'm a wuss and I wanted to race with my friends. Um, and I don't want to... Jesus Christ, I don't want to do Cat 2 races anymore. But... Um, I don't know if it's just in that category, but people who come alongside you and they point to the wheel they want and then they start to swerve over. You're like, dude, what are you doing? Just because you know, I want that. That's mine. I'm pointing at it. What are you, two? Pointing to the wheel you want does not automatically make me move out of your current position, especially when I'm drafting my own teammate at the time in a lead out or something like that. But anyway, that's when the argument started. Swear words were thrown and a grown man starting acting like complete morons. How can we grow as a sport when whining assholes, by the way, are spewing profanity along the course that consists of family spectators? Hmm. Jeez. I have sponsors all over my shirt and I just said, fuck. Come on. This is when the quote came and this is the quote that changed my entire year. The quote was simply this. Shut up and race your bike, was said by a friend of mine. Perfect. Shut up and race your bike. Guys, we're at a crossroad here. You know, cycling needs really good BR right now, okay? I just read an article in the New York Times today about the fact that we're in a society where you can get away with killing cyclists. If if you kill a cyclist with your car 
and you stay on the scene and you're not drunk, chances are you're not going to be cited for it. So here's the deal. We're all promoting an image of our sport, whether we want to or not. If you do not get the place you wanted in a race, shut up and race again. If you get cut off in traffic, shut up and ride. Really. If you get taken down in a crit, shut up and stay away from that guy next time. Or just don't race with him. If you don't like the race director, official, or volunteer, shut up and don't come back next year. Shut up and race your bike. And by all means, folks, when you're out there in traffic, shut up and follow the rules, please. Okay? Let's be so over the top in honor of the rules that it is it becomes completely obvious that the cars are the problem, that the people driving are the problem. Okay? We need to do that. We have to. Because if we don't, it's always going to be, well, that asshole was breaking traffic laws left and right. He deserved to get mowed over by a Prius. That's my rant for the show this week. Shut up and race your bikes. Contact me anytime. Info at packfiller.com. We are available on Twitter at packfiller. We are available on Facebook at packfiller podcasts. And in what the hell? Packfiller announcing an entertainment service, something like that. Um, for those of you wanting to keep up to make sure I'm following through on my promise, today's crossway race was race number 19. So my goal of 20 and 20 is going to at least halfway make it because I am. I am going to enter my 20th race. It it will just be a simple turkey trot fun run on Thanksgiving Day. I know, I know. It still counts, though. And um, my other half was to lose 20 pounds, and that shit ain't going to happen until spring because I almost made it. I was within the four-pound range, and then the racing season ended, and now I'm in the six-ish pound range. Uh, so we're going to have to see what happens during that one. But contact me. Tell me what you think. Tell me how many bikes you have in your house and how many you are justified to have and how many you plan on having. And tell me your thoughts on the cyclocross season. What do you love and what can we do to get more people to love that sport? You guys, that's a lot of fun. I really wish there was a way to make it where we were doing this year round. But I'm sure that would probably, the the beauty of it would disappear if uh if we were doing it in the summer but who knows if you can do grand fondos if you can do color runs maybe we can find cyclocross races in the packfiller.com studios i am pat bulger all by myself we will catch you next time <laughs>